I'm Shelby Jopi, and this is Curiosity, where WDET finds the answers to your questions about everything Detroit. Here we go. Wow, this is huge. Yeah, it's nice. Josh Wilt and I are standing in front of 5805 Lincoln. It's his home on the west side of Detroit. It's this imposing industrial building with red brick and rows of early 20th century glass windows. Inside are three floors of these urban renovated lofts. The building sits on the outskirts of the Woodbridge neighborhood, right next to Wayne State University's campus. So if you had to guess, like how old, how old do you think this building is? My guess would be the 30s. Josh became curious about the previous owner of his building, the Norton Company. Coming to the front door, you can see the the Norton logo on the ground uh, in tiles. Uh, It's kind of the logo which sparked my interest in figuring out what the Norton Company was. Because I live on the top floor, and there's still like little brass machine fittings in my floor uh, that stick out a little bit. And I was wondering like what was screwed there, what types of machines were up there, and it's just interesting having that little bit of history still there. So begins the search to answer Josh's question. What was the Norton Company, and what did they produce? After looking through city directories, I found that the building did, in fact, belong to the Norton Company. The headquarters were in Worcester, Massachusetts at the time, but this Detroit location functioned as a district office and a warehouse. It was built close to a Josh guest, 1927. According to city records, it appears Norton moved the office to Livonia in the early 1970s. But what did the Norton Company do? Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Okay. So far, so good. I'm not great on hearing, but we're doing okay so far. Okay, great. That's Bernie Meyer. He started with Norton in 1958 as a product engineer and eventually became the vice president of operations. He retired in 1992. The company was formed in 1885 in Worcester, Massachusetts, in a, in a pottery factory made uh, jugs and, and pots for the local population at the time. And a group of people had ideas about other products, named mainly abrasive products. The main clients for abrasives are the precision metal industry, that is the steel industry, agricultural industry, certainly automotive. Basically, employees at the shop discovered that the pottery-making process of kiln firing could be applied to manufacturing these things called grinding wheels. These wheels are used to shape metal to extremely precise measurements. They uh, split off from the pottery business. They split and formed a company, which was then called Norton Company. I asked Bernie if he knew of or remembered the building that Josh lives in in Detroit. Yes, vaguely. Say There were warehouses, primarily, places where we could stock products for the industry. In some cases, they, there was a minor amount of work done on those products before they were shipped to customers there. What kind of machinery would have been used to do that? Uh, we call them truing machines. They're, they're a high-speed turning device, like a lathe, that modified the grinding wheels to the customer's needs. Around the early 1900s, about a decade or two before this Detroit location was opened, Norton blossomed in the age of mass production. To get an understanding of what roles these abrasives and grinding wheels played in machine manufacturing... I talked to Lindsey Brook. He's the senior editor of Automotive Engineering Magazine. When you're making metal parts that have to either fit together or have some sort of rotational or reciprocating part 
that's very close to them. That part just about always has to have some sort of machining operation to make the tolerances very, very, very close in terms of that part attaching to another part or a part working within that part. Engines and axles and automotive drivetrains have a lot of these parts. Lindsay also wrote a book about the Model T. He dug into a huge box of his records to see if he could find anything that mentioned Norton specifically. And what he found might surprise you. 1914, when Henry Ford uh, had just completed the big Highland Park plant, he realized that if I'm going to get the price of this car, this Model T, down to where just about anyone can afford one, I've got to take a lot of cost out of this car. The rest of the industry was watching everything that Ford did, everybody else replicated. 1914, he bought $30,000 worth of automated grinding equipment from Norton, and he was able to uh, replace human labor on other machines with these grinding processes. Wow. So from your speculation, what did that do for the, the manufacturing of his vehicles? Well, in 1920, when the Rouge plant was finally up and running and Ford had this just colossal empire, he made the comment that if he hadn't invested in automated grinding equipment, the Model T would have been thousands of dollars instead of less than $300. Bernie Meyer says Norton played a huge role in the auto industry as a whole. You could make cars, instead of making one a day, you could make one in minutes or less than a minute. It wasn't just granny wheels or braces that did it. There were lots of things, but that was a very important component of it. Josh had one other question that we didn't get around to. When did Norton Company close? Actually, it didn't. In 1990, the Paris-based Saint-Gobain Corporation acquired Norton, and its headquarters are still in Worcester, Massachusetts. In fact, the Norton brand is celebrating its 130th anniversary this year. So Josh, what do you think? Did that answer your question? Yeah, it was, uh, it was very exciting to hear all that. I didn't know Norton played such a huge role in the auto industry. Uh, makes where I live uh, a lot cooler place to be at. For a picture of the building we talked about and some incredible historic images of the Norton Company, visit WDET.org curious. There you can also let us know what you're curious about in Detroit or the region. Thanks for listening. I'm Shelby Jopey.